Welcome to Say That, the podcast where your big questions get real answers. My name is Matt King. I'm your host here in the city of Chicago, and joining me here is Glenn Fitzgerald, the president of Mission USA. Right on. So joining us, Jed Brewer, the director of Mission USA Productions. Greetings. And it's all the way from Rutgers, Tennessee, one of the pastor of Christ Community Church, Lee Younger. Yes, sir. Well, we're going to do something a little different on the show today. We have three questions. I don't do. like change. Well, I'm aware. That's how I'm springing this on you at the last second when oh. you can't do anything about it. Yeah. Mm. Uh, we've so we normally do our three kind of three different question formats, and occasionally we'll do a uh, special format. And we I, fear change. Yes, that's a that's a good solid Wayne's World two joke. We when it comes to change in the church, I think <laughs> we pretty much are against well, it. Glenn, you grew up Presbyterian, and there mm. was a an actual like people shooting at each other war in the continent of Britain over trying to change the Presbyterian Book of Common Prayer. Well, it's the kind of thing you often feel like punching someone over. <laughs> and my favorite story from history is there's some parliamentary parliamentarian was going to side with the king on that, and he got a note from his mother back in Scotland saying, if this happens and you show your face again, I will shoot you. Well, that's... Uh, Which tells you a little bit about my racial background and the right. way Glenn grew up. Yeah. That's a... Uh, Moral story, Presbyterians don't like change. Uh, when your mom threatens to shoot you. It's real something to think about. <laughs> Dial it back. You got you, you to gotta consider whether that's important to you. Sure. You well, we're going to, so we do, we do the specials, we've done the dating, we've done stories, we've done some music stuff. We're going to kind of mishmash those two things together. We got three different questions, but they're all kind of on a theme of calling and that kind of stuff. So, um I've gotten way further into this intro than I thought I would, so uh, we can jump. This is all important, but I have more important things to talk about. Come on, good stuff. I'm declaring an emergency. Is the emergency that this show runs too smoothly? (laughs) That we're just too much in the pocket with each other. I was super excited about the 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 crap that Matt was talking about. (laughs) (laughs) I was I was really excited to get to that. Right. A little glimpse into staff meeting. (laughs) (laughs) Here's the emergency. Two words, bacon jam. You've got, you had me at bacon. Bacon jam. More words. What's up? I'm gonna need more words. Is this like when they jam radio? No, no. You think of your is this jam? like a bacon jam, like bacon and dancing? You thinking of your marmalade? You get different people baconing back and forth. No, nope. is it freestyle like, baconing? Like you tell me what you tell me what key it is, right. and we just get riffs, different bacon related riffs going. Right. Right. All of this is wrong it's and the to be honest, they don't fry. offensive right. compared to the glory of bacon jam. Bacon jam. You might have strawberry preserves. Right. You might have blueberry jelly. Right. Now you got bacon jam. Right. I'm talking about jam uh-huh. with bacon in it. Well, uh-huh. Jed, not that you repeating the same two words over and over again doesn't paint a... An engaging... <laughs> a vivid picture. Picture, yeah. So why don't you tell us about how we came to know about the Bacon Jam, just the backstory. You got any... You have anything more than just yelling the words Bacon Jam at Glenn over <laughs> That and is over. the most American Christian thing of all time. <laughs> I'm going to yell the same thing. Bacon Jam! <laughs> you my Broadway. Our buddy, I'm going to sit here and yell purity <laughs> until the book deal comes. Our buddy <laughs> Tim 
Uh, he hit us on the Twitter box um, with really big, big news that right. I think for me was transformative and life changing. For real. Uh, do we have that that Twitter tweet? Oh, I can pull up the tweets. Available oh, a Twitter to us. tweet. I was going to go. I was looking up an Instagram tweet, which is something totally <laughs> different. Let's see. Oh, very simple, very to the point, very uh, Hemingway-ish in its statement. Tags all of us at the Glen Fitzgerald at Jed Brewer at Matt Kanger at Lee Younger. Just ate a bacon jam cheeseburger. Yes, bacon jam. Bacon. And speaking of the most American thing, somebody looked at a bacon cheeseburger and said, I bet I can work some sugar into that. And that man is a hero. He's a hero hero. Right. And this is the kind of stuff this podcast ought to be talking about. Thank you. I've been saying that from the beginning. Okay. Jake, can you can you give us one of those um, real American hero commercials for the guy that invented bacon jam? Thank you, man who invented bacon jam. Man who invented bacon jam. But here's here's my question: Is can't we now that you know the bar's been set? Can't we take it further? We got to try pork chop syrup. Okay. All right. Yeah. Duck marmalade. Okay, again, you're just saying combinations of words. I feel like you need to describe how these things are going to work a little bit. Here's what I'm saying. Maple syrup. You, you're going to take a maple, maple syrup. Right. Right. Okay. You take a pork chop. You put the pork chop and the maple syrup in a blender. Yeah, clearly. You hit blend. You blend it. That's pork chop syrup now. I would eat pancakes with pork chop syrup on it as any real man would. That's- Jed, would you would you be interested in just like a just a meat soda? <laughs> you you know you. I would. You give me a straw, I'll slurp it right now. <laughs> you know, I, I want to go back to Jed's real man comment and just uh, point out that I'd like to apologize to all our listeners who keep kosher or halal <laughs> or who would just like to or, live past 45 or vegan or, or vegan yeah. or would just like to ha- to keep their original arteries past the age of 38 i tell you what i'm hearing right now yeah is jealousy yeah because you have a genius i do have a genius you're True. bringing ideas yes we you know do live in a world where i'll take these two things that exist and mush them up counts as genius yes it does for me let me tell you It's like what. that thing that's on your computer, but on your phone. Ooh. Innovative genius. Here's what I'm going to talk Here's about right dollars. now. Take a hunk of fried chicken. Yeah. Take yourself two waffles. Yeah. Gravy. Yeah. I'm talking cream gravy. Sure, of course. Put it together. Yeah. Sandwich. There you go. I think I can supersize it. Right. Are you ready? You know what goes on top of them waffles? What, what goes on top? Baby back butter. Here's okay. what I'm saying. Okay. Baby back ribs. <laughs> right. Shred that meat. Shred it. Butter. Mix it all up. Well, baby back butter it. in a churn. Put that on that's top it. of them waffles. Now that's a meal. Okay. That, why a last do we have, meal. <laughs> <laughs> why do we have to have all the ideas? You know sure. what I mean? Well, like we're the only point, geniuses working on these I things. hate to break this to you, Glenn, but to that point, you've been beaten to the uh, waffle, the chicken and waffle sandwich with gravy on it. Yep. By the good yeah, people at Taco Bell no. who do offer, and I, I show really? the image, the chicken and waffle taco. Whoa. Wow. My Lord. Not always a chicken and waffle taco. It is a chicken and waffle taco showing cream gravy. Wow. Meaning there are people in the world who eat gravy from Taco Bell. <laughs> <laughs> That's inadvisable. I also like that in this image, they have the chicken and waffle taco with sliced strawberries and blueberries on it for no. the healthy chicken and waffle Taco Bell option. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, look, until you can show me that someone's beating us to the punch on either pork syrup or baby back butter, right. I think we've got product offerings this world needs. Yes. And can we rest until those exist? People are crying out for this. Okay. Are they? Their, their taste buds are howling for more. Absolutely. You know. Man was charged by the divine yep. to subdue the earth. Boom. <laughs> Surely wow. that means baby back butter and pork syrup. You know what? You get that meat. That is it, only the eighth worst, stre- worst stretch of scripture I've heard this week. <laughs> you get that meat. You put that into a blender and make it behave. That's what I'm talking <laughs> you about. You fry it. You burn it. You take control. Then you eat it. World, you're welcome. Thank you. And- Wow. Yeah. I the, think the only thing we're missing, I'm on side. I we what we know about the world of business is it's all about branding. Sure, absolutely. You can have your pork chop syrup, but you know, that doesn't right. doesn't get you all the way there. Do we have do we have ideas for names? Product names? Brand yeah. names. Sure. Well, I don't know about n- a, n- a name, but just a, a concept maybe that would lead to the Hit name. Me. It, see the idea. I don't know about is, that thing you said, but what about not that thing you said? <laughs> see, see, it's like the it's like a, a you got you eat a steak, right? Right. Here's what happens: Tell is me. you become strong like the bull. Sure, absolutely. That's why you eat it. Sure, you know I'm gonna go with that. Yes, that's science. Sure. Yeah. Okay, it's you rich, got a bull. Tasty courage. <laughs> Ta- you got a bull. Right. You eat that bull. Right. You strong like that bull. That, that's not in any way true, but I'm still going with Here's you. Here's the thing, Jed. I think this is in the Texas Constitution, though, so you got to <laughs> let him go. <laughs> this, this is science, okay? I, uh, I'm, not, uh, I, I'm not making this stuff up. Yeah. Okay. But that's, that's what <laughs> that's you... That's what people say when they're making things up. Just <laughs> put it out there. That's what you say... Be the to, bull. But you, you're, you're, you know, become strong like bull. Right. You know, something along those lines, because that's what, that's what we're achieving Right. Well, food wise, in, in the town where Matt and I are both from, they actually have. There's a restaurant that actually has a double bacon cheeseburger with peanut butter on it. Where the bu- instead of hamburger buns, it's two grilled cheese sandwiches. Holy cow! Wow, that's serious. yeah. It's called the suicide note. Okay, <laughs> it's not actually, but it should be. Okay, okay. So I, I think what Glenn's pitching is. You want us to market this on, hey, do you want to take on the vivacious <laughs> physical properties of both a pig and right. a maple tree? Right. Yes. Get there, in it. There you go. Yeah. You could, uh, you, you, you know, the, 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 the spirit, you know, the essence of the pig would be inside of you. Absolutely. And... It's a, it's getting into like Native American mythology at this point. I feel like what what we're doing is we're we're challenging our cells. Like just challenging the cells of your body. Just try to keep going it's, after you ingest this. It's CrossFit for your intestines. And that's what <laughs> okay. I love about it. Okay. <laughs> I, mean, I, I think we're on something here. <laughs> Digestive resistance training. That's yes. exactly right. <laughs> See, it's about DRT. health. It's about health, sure. people. What doesn't kill you but makes are you stronger. You, are, are you not tough enough for this sandwich? Sure. Are your are are your arteries working out as hard as they could be? We yeah. can help. See what I'm saying? It's it, like a cleaning jerk for your aorta. <laughs> I don't know if I like that kind of talk, Mister King. You've always hated Olympic lifts. That's your problem. But th- this You'll is never what, max your pump with that attitude. This is what I'm saying: is 
your your metabolism just sitting around with nothing to do, just lollygagging. Just well, lollygagging. that's um, not not at all true. That's the opposite of what your resting metabolic rate is. Something very important. But you eat some gravy. Yeah, you get you get like a uh, you get some a, pork syrup in you. You get some pork syrup in you. Yep. Now it's an attack. Exactly you know what I'm right. Saying? It's an assault to your entire <laughs> physical being. Now we're yeah. working out. Now we got to work out. Gut strong foods. Sure. That's what okay. I'm talking about. You're saying it's the equivalent of if you, I don't know if people know the old Pink Panther movies. Yeah. But uh-huh. he's got the uh, the servant. Kato. Kato, whose job is to jump out and attack him right. at random Just intervals. To keep, keep him, him fresh and strong. You're talking yeah. about the culinary re- version of that. Yes. Yeah, exactly right. Just put it, your whole ecosystem under constant bombardment. It's well, just gastro. It's just it's gastro fit, and that's the thing. I is like it. We're we've got uh, we're just like a year and some away from having new elections right. in this country. Right. And I think this is the kind of thing we need to put out there for the politicians. Oh, um, like they have to pass these challenges to prove their worthiness. Well, I, that's well, a great idea. Out the herd. That's a great idea. Okay. You know, it's like, uh, you know, also, do they have, you know, what's your food idea? Right. You know, you don't have any exciting food ideas. How much imagination do you have? See what I'm saying? I like what you're saying. Uh, how are you going to run this country if you don't have any uh, 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 gravy-related ideas? See, <laughs> I like that Glenn could bring that up and still be in the top half of intelligent questions in any of those town halls they do. <laughs> well, I, we've gone from safeguarding your taste buds to safeguarding democracy. Two things. You're welcome. You're welcome, sure. America. Yeah. Second thing, I feel like we can declare on that basis a very tasty emergency off. Emergency off. Well, that was that was something. Yeah. Also, I did not think that was going to end an election talk. Can, can I? Can, a very quick addendum. Yeah, of course. Uh, I assume that someone is packaging and sending us bacon jam right well, now. It would be rude to bring it up and then not send it. That's all I'm trying to say. It would be yeah. like a cruel joke. Yeah. Thank you, both of you, for helping with the segue. Yeah. If you would like Glenn and Jed to be able to buy their own bacon-related products (laughs) so they don't have to spend time panhandling during the podcast, (laughs) you can march on over to missionusa.com slash bridgebox. For only $8 a month, maybe if we get enough people to sign up, Glenn can buy his own things he wants. (laughs) It doesn't have to stall us. By guilting you, the listening audience. Send me bacon. Dude, just be pre-guilted. Yeah. Just go ahead and say, you you can tweet at Glenn and say, I give it to Bridgebox. Buy your own bacon jam. You've earned that right if you're a Bridgebox subscriber. Absolutely. Missionusa.com slash Bridgebox. Actually, you'll support the work we do here in the inner city. Helps hire part-time people from the neighborhood to do ministry behind bars and on the street. And you get lots of good stuff for yourself as a thank you. You get music, sermons, lots of really good stuff. So missionusa.com slash Bridgebox. You can also email me, Matt, at missionusa.com and get a sample. 48 hours. Download everything you want. Take that with you if you want to try it out. All right, we're going to move to our first question here. If you hang out with us all the way to the end, I'll give you some ways to get in touch with us. First question comes in. It says, what exactly is a calling, and how do we determine God's calling for our lives? Glenn, why don't you start us off? Well, uh, I'd be glad to. Uh, you determine uh, uh, what your calling is by listening to the Lord. We're going to be talking about that, as Matt uh, said, uh, throughout the podcast here but 
um, the if you look at the actual original Greek uh, uh, of that word uh, calling, you know, when the Bible refers to our calling, uh, it means the same thing as uh, calling uh, in English, in, in the sense of calling out, you know, yelling someone's name, uh, uh, you know. So you might think of it like a, a, a you know a coach shouting instructions from the sidelines. He's calling out to the players and telling them what to do or something like that. Uh, your your calling involves what God wants you to do today. Yeah. Um, it's pretty much impossible to do what God wants you to do from now on. Yeah. Today, because you can only do what He wants you to do today. On, on this particular day. Hmm. Um, yeah. We want to know what does God want me to do from now on. That might be fairly complicated and yeah. have lots of ins and outs and not what you need to know and wouldn't help you figure out what to do today. Um, uh, but on the other hand, if you do what the Lord is looking for you to, to do today, it may suggest something, somewhat of a future direction, and uh, you may be able to determine that little by little as you go. But I think uh, dealing with that calling, uh, understanding what it is that God wants you to do, really starts with what does he want you to do today. And let me just say one other quick thing, and I'll send it around to these guys. I think there's a a certain amount of pressure. This needs to sound like something epic and amazing. I don't like that. I really super don't like that. The stuff that we do sounds amazing. And when you look at it, it is super amazing. Yeah. But here's the thing. We look at stuff other people do that doesn't sound amazing, and we think it's amazing. Sure. Because we know that the, the ministry isn't about sort of the, you know, could you make a screenplay out of it or something yes, like that. thank you. It's about uh, the, 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 the depth of impact, the kind of impact, the kind of relationship you can build with the people that you're called to reach. Um, it's about you know, innovating and finding new ways of doing that. Uh, that kind of stuff excites us. It interests us. Talking about ministry methodology, ministry strategy, those things really excite us. And we learn from people doing uh, 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 rural uh Prison ministry in rural communities, uh, we learn from people uh, doing uh, overseas missions in countries and nobody really knows what they're doing, what they're up to, and those kinds of things, uh, way out in the middle of the jungles. So for us, uh, uh, I think we want to say that uh, don't seek a calling that you perceive to be important by the way it sounds. Whatever God calls you to do is important to him. and. Therefore, it ought to be important to you. Yeah, yeah that's absolutely right. One of, the, one of the things you touched on there is the idea that every calling is different. In that same way, everybody arrives at their calling a little differently, right, Lee? Absolutely. I, I, I love uh, where Glenn was going with this, and I, I would point out one thing that the Lord said, just um, kind of as an addendum, you know, Jesus said, anybody that gives a cup of cold water to one of these little ones, you know, is, you know, Jesus saw that as hugely valuable. It can be just little stuff, little stuff that maybe somebody else doesn't value, but the Lord thinks is awesome. I think one thing that's interesting is probably for most young Christians, what they're looking for is for somebody to say, give me the five or seven steps that you go through to get your exact calling. Yeah. 
for your whole life. So uh, give me step one, and then I'll I'll check off step one, and then step two, and then step, and then at the end of this process, another you know, in forty days, I'll know exactly what I'm supposed to do for the rest of my life. I think that's the kind of thing that we that that we want to happen. The deal is, if you were to talk to if you were to talk to 10 different people who are following the Lord and, and who know what their calling is, and you were to ask them, how did you arrive at this point? You would hear 10 completely different stories. Uh, you wouldn't hear a, a five or seven step thing that's, you know, exactly like the other person. You know, you would hear people talking about how, um, just how there was some kind of, you know, their story involved some kind of weird confluence between their education and some of the people that they knew and the place where they grew up, some of the gifts that they had. Um, and then at one point there was this weird semi-random meeting with this person and then we had this conversation and it, and it led me over to this thing. And then I met so-and-so and then we started kind of working together and then I got a taste for this deal and then I wound up doing this. Um, and my whole point in saying that is your story is not going to look like Glenn's. It's not going to look like mine. Mine's not going to look like Jed's. And how we get to the places where we are is is all completely different. And and uh, it, what that means is, is that it really comes down to walking with Jesus. And I think that this is the part that's – and Glenn was was talking about this, you know, that that God has a will for you today, and it's figuring out what does the Lord want for you want you to do today. And I think this is something we're uncomfortable with, the idea of I have an individual relationship with Jesus, and I go to him and, find, and try to find out through the scriptures, through prayer, through uh, wise people who know me, uh, and try to find out what do you see in me? What is the thing that you're calling me to today? What uh, what is the burden that's on my heart? And it's just kind of a step by step of learning who I am and kind of following it into this. And it's all kind of a mysterious, mystical thing. And it's different for every person. So I think one of the things that could really hang us up is, is thinking there is a there is a firm step by step thing. If you do this on the other side of that, then you'll know exactly what you are. And it's so much more just like following Jesus down the rabbit trail. That's a great point. It is a step-by-step thing. And to that point, um, there's not really such a thing as arriving at your calling, right, Jed? Mm. There's always a what's next. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's a great question, man. You know, here's one of the things that we we can say for sure is God's calling on your life is going to involve serving. Um, that's what all callings are is I'm calling you to, to serve me and in that serve other people in some way. And there's always, no matter whether you've been in full-time ministry for 30 years or you've never done anything of any kind, there's always a what's next. There's always, what's the thing that's before me today, right? So the thing I'd really encourage you towards as a practical step is to do something where you are right now today that involves serving other people. That's right. That's it. Um, uh, you actually don't need a sign from heaven before you do that. Um, in, and you don't have to pick the right one either. Like if right. you look at your church, you're like, well, I could help out with the nursery or I could help out with the middle school thing. Um, and I don't know. It actually, you just do either. It, right. It, it's fine. It, but either of them is vastly better to doing neither of them. Right. Yeah. Um, Glenn has a phrase is very good, which is that it's easier to steer a ship in motion. Um, when you get in the motion of serving, it's a lot easier for the Lord to direct you and get you more onto the path he's looking for you to be on. 
than to say, well, I'm not going to do anything and I'm going to wait till I have a perfect plan laid out and then I'll do, I'll do that. That, mm-hmm. that actually is pretty tough. It's, it's right. a lot easier if you're in some kind of motion. So the thing I'd encourage you towards is just say, what's my one next step? What's the one next thing I'm going to do? Again, something simple. It involves serving other people in some way. The nursery or the middle school or the office needs somebody to help fold you know, letters to go in the envelopes or the kitchen needs somebody to help with the dishes or the pantry needs somebody to lift boxes, whatever it is. There's something that you can do. Um, even if you feel like, well, I got no talents and I got no anything, you, 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 maybe you're like me and you're really more of a hewer of wood and fetcher of water. That's mm-hmm. fine. That's no problem. Kind of needs people like you and me too. Um, but just focus on what's the one next thing. It doesn't need to be the perfect next thing, just the one next thing. And take that step and see what you learn from that. See, you know, kind of what ideas, like as you pray about it, you know, Lord, mm-hmm. help me to yeah. see in this things that you're trying to show me. But the more you get on that journey, the easier it'll be to figure out the steps after that. I think that's totally true. One of the things you're seeing coming out in all these guys' answers that I think is worth really pointing out as we move on here is um, one of the myths of calling and kind of Christian culture is that idea of, once you hit it, you set it in neutral. You know, yeah. I, I was called to this place, and when I got to whatever country or church or whatever, it was just everything just kind of blossomed, and then I was at home in my calling. And uh, no calling is really permanent, so even that can be a big change. Like for example, Glenn, there was a time when Glenn was called to volunteer youth ministry, right? And he was called to be a prison chaplain in Texas. Right. Then he was called to do gang ministry in Chicago. Then he was called to start his own thing. Those are right. all callings. They were all that calling at that time. So that the way that kind of plays out, as Jed was mentioning, is you don't have to worry about getting doing the right thing right now. You don't have to worry about work, volunteering in the nursery when you're actually called to middle school ministry. Yeah. If you're called to middle school ministry, you'll find your way there. It's yep. fine. Yes. It's yeah. going to work out. It's You don't have to worry about locking that thing in. It's not... Um, we, we talk about this a lot on the show, and Christians get a little too wanted about this too, but in the same way that going on a first date with someone does not mean you have to marry them, feeling called to something today does not mean you feel called to do it for the next 50 years of your life. No doubt about it. Yeah, it, I, yeah. along the lines of what you're saying, God isn't angry that it's, this is taking time to, to work itself out. Sure, and a lot of times it's it's not even that your calling change, changing later on invalidates the previous calling. Well, definitely, because yeah. you do what you do now, it doesn't mean that you weren't called to be a prison a juvie chaplain exactly right yeah each builds on the the next and to that point let's say you are called specifically to the middle school stuff but you do the nursery stuff instead for a while here's what'll happen they'll do the nursery stuff for a while and then it'll occur you know what i think they probably i know they need an extra set of hands with medical stuff i'll go help her there but then you're gonna see all kinds of things you learned from being in the nursery right that give you insights on how to do the middle school stuff so none of it's wasted right right that's right that's right well, the other thing about that is calling does not mean you are perfectly suited in yeah. personality and skill yeah. to a thing. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. We live in a world where Christians really like the Myers-Briggs thing, yeah, which right. is all fine and good, except for the fact that actual psychology has moved past it a couple of decades ago. But <laughs> it's all fine and good. There's this idea of, I'm an LMNOP, so I do things this way, which means I have to do this. No. No. No, that's not what that means. Right. It's not how that works. You're calling to something means, as we put it out at the beginning, God wants you to do that. Right. And then skills and personality of the way you do it is that's all something you find later on that actually doesn't have anything to do with. They're all. I can speak. I think this is true for all fortune on the table. There are jobs in the world, in the world, and in the world of ministry that I'd probably be a lot better suited for than the one I have. Sure. 
right. like when I started, but uh, God didn't want me in those ones, so that's not where I'm called. Uh, there's a difference between finding your calling and finding the thing you objectively think would be easiest for you or you would have the most impact in, or sure. to, those are all elements of it, but calling right. is kind of its own thing. No, the Lord has a way of calling us to things we're utterly not gifted in. Yeah. On so, purpose. Yeah. On purpose. So we ask him for help and let yeah. him call the shots because we're too, we're, we're, we're desperate. We, we won't rely on ourselves. Well, when you look at God, the story of God calling Moses, it's mm-hmm. all of that. Yeah. It is sure. God saying, here's this thing I am calling you yeah. to do. Moses saying, I am not qualified to do that. Right. I don't have the talents. I'm not the right person for it. And God's saying, I hear you. Do it anyway. Right. That's right. Yeah. That's absolutely right. All right. So we're going to move on to our next question here. This is going to, as, as we point out the end, it's going to follow a theme here. This came in anonymously at our Tumblr box and it says, hi, I started listening to the Say That podcast last month and have learned so much from listening to you guys talk. My question. Correct. Yes. Oh, My sorry. question <laughs> is about hearing when God speaks to you. I graduated from college recently, and I'm trying to make big decisions with grad school. I, tr- I struggle with being confident in hearing what God wants me to do, and I can't tell the difference between what I want to do and what God wants me to do. How do I hear him, and how do I discern my own voice from his? Lee, why don't you start us off? Well, I would say a couple of things, and one of the things that I would, would, I, I would say, just kind of on a real practical tip, I would say to start making some unhurried time and really um, setting aside some unhurried time in in short bursts. Don't try to make this be an hour or even 20 minutes or something like that. Make some unhurried time during your day to simply stop everything you're doing and sit down and listen. Okay. And 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 the thing that I would say specifically on that on those times is don't go into those times with an agenda. Don't attempt to steer those times. Simply listen. Um, and and uh, you might, you know, somebody might call that just like hanging out with Jesus. You hear people talk like that, and, and you know, and that's a, and maybe that's a helpful way to think about it. But you're just stopping. You're not, and, and I wouldn't even, you know, maybe you go into that with a question, maybe you don't, but just say, I'm available. I'm here. And, and maybe you could even, you know, m- maybe you fall asleep during that time. Fine, whatever. And, and it's one of those things where I, I think that, for a lot of us, we feel like, well, I don't know how to get kind of a direction from the Lord. And I think for most of us and most people that I've talked to, they really don't have any space like this in their day. To the point where um, when, I've, when I've done, you know, in, in working with young folks, when we've done things at camps or at retreats or something like that, where we take some time and on purpose sit quietly without doing anything... Uh, it winds up being a really, really impactful time for people. Maybe they hear from the Lord, maybe they don't. But um, and, I, and I'm talking like little short bursts. Maybe you sit down for six minutes, you don't with no agenda, and just listen. And maybe you get nothing out of that. But maybe you do that every day for a week and a half. And after a week and a half, you start to feel like, okay, my mind is quietening down faster. I feel like I can. I can get unhurried and I can listen to the Lord. I would start there. The second thing that I would do is whatever your specific question is, um, take your specific question and 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 put that question into three places. And, and probably these other brothers are going to break this down a little bit more, but I would take, so if you have a specific question about grad school or work or whatever, pour that question into three places. One is the scriptures that you're reading at the time. Two, the the time that you spend in prayer, and three, 
a wise believer who you trust, who has a, a sweet walk with the Lord, who actually knows you well, who knows what you're like, who knows your story, who knows what your personality is, who has, who has maybe some opinions about your life and has a point and has the right to, that you've given the right. And I would take your question and pour it into those three places, the scriptures, prayer, and a wise believer who actually knows you. But those are the places that I would start just to kind of get the ball rolling on this. That's a great point. One of the things we look at when uh, we're looking to hear from the Lord is uh, basically how to drown in everything that's not that voice, right, Jed? Absolutely. And we should say this is this is a great question, but it's also, and we're praying for you as you're trying to sort out all this with, with grad school, but it's something where just, you know, um, this is hard stuff. When you've got something mm-hmm. that's this big and this important and it's going to have this much of an impact in your life, it's actually really hard to listen to the Lord effectively on it. Right. It just feels like, man, what if I get this wrong? I mean, yeah. just, you know, and, and I imagine that's part of what you're feeling and, and we we're with you, you know, you know, we, we get that and it's, it's tough. So the thing I want to encourage you to do is, as Matt's saying, is that a lot of listening is about getting rid of all of the competing voices, right? We, we were just in, in um, jail earlier today and I, I got a guy who's trying to tell me something and, and, um, I've got a, a room full of guys being super, super loud um, all around us. And to the point, this dude's literally just shouting in my ear so I can I can hear him. Well, we have two options. One is he could shout louder. Or two, we could get everybody else to be quiet. Right. Uh, well, it turns out actually getting everybody else to be quiet is the, the way, way better option. That's, right, that's right. going to work a lot better. The Bible talks about God speaking in a still, small voice. Um and here's why that's important is God doesn't shout very often. Right. Uh, that's, that's actually pretty rare. There's a lot of reasons for it, but that means that that turning down the volume on everything else really becomes necessary, particularly when we're looking at big stuff like this. So how do we, how do, we do that? Well, the good news is it's, it's actually really easy. It's really straightforward, um, and you can do it. It's just um, it's sometimes not obvious. So here's how it works. Take everything you've got in your head and your heart, all your feelings, all the feels, Every feel you can think of, tell God all of them, every single one of them. The fears, the doubts, the hopes, the dreams, every feel you've got, pour it all out to the Lord, all of it. And challenge yourself to be way more brave in sharing that stuff than you think you can be or should be. Because there's always that stuff is like, but I'm wrong to feel that way, so we'll just right. skip that. Right, right, Don't, right. No, tell them tell anyway. If, yeah. if you feel like you need to preface, hey, God, I know I'm wrong, but but I, I just need to say it. I need to tell you. Even on the stuff that you know is a flat-out sin. Absolutely. No yeah. no problem at all. No yep. problem at all. God, vent it. Get, vent it. Say it. Communicate it. God, it's already in your heart, so God right. already knows it. Exactly. But the thing is, you saying it, you telling God it has a process of getting it out of your brain so you can set it aside for a few minutes, and then that listening, that unhurried space with the Lord, even if it's only for a few minutes that Lee was talking about, becomes 10 times more effective. Yeah. All of a sudden, it's far easier to tune in to that still, small voice of the Holy Spirit inside of you that is speaking and does have wisdom and direction to give you. But it's going to be a lot more effective if you first vent and speak and express all of those feelings, all those, the good, the bad, the ones that sound holy, the ones that sound super sinful. As Lee's saying, the ones that you know are sinful. They are mm-hmm. definitely super wrong, communicating them anyway. You're brave enough to do that. If you're brave enough to ask us this question, you're brave enough to go to the Lord and tell him those things. And I think it's going to make it a lot easier for you to be able to hear what he's got for you. 
Well, Glenn, the person who wrote this question in used a very important word when we talk about a lot here in Chicago and we mention on the podcast, probably not as, not as much as we talk about in real life, to be honest, and that word is discernment. You want to yes, walk through discernment? It, yes, and d- discernment is that thing we, we keep trying to get people interested in and we can't seem to sell them on it. No sale. And um, when it comes to listening to the Lord and discernment, I, I had a, a question that came in uh, to my blog. It's uh, I can't read the word in the script here. Is that extremely... My blog is extremely popular. Okay, it it's, is extremely it's popular. It's quite, huh. quite popular. I know that because that's printed on the back of all my paychecks. Lynn's <laughs> blog is extremely popular. It's super popular, <laughs> but that's not the important part. What's the important part, Glenn? Well, uh, it's also important. Okay. Sure, it's certainly not unimportant. But uh, the important part is that um, the question came in, and uh, this young gal was saying, I hear this voice in my head that I think might be the Lord that is telling me to, uh, you know, uh, to forgive and to love and to, uh, ha- to to consider things of higher meaning and deeper importance and not to— uh, but I don't know if that's me or Jesus— and you, you, you know, I was kind of trying to reflect back to her, sweetie. Uh, it's not what the words in my head sounds like. <laughs> I know that's Jesus. Nobody's that holy. The voice in my head that's me is mostly consumed with bacon jam, right, and, uh, and pork syrup. Yeah, I mean, this is the, the, by uh, looking at the shallowness of some of these things and and the selfish nature of some of these things, it ought to be pretty obvious. Uh, I think some of us have a fairly high opinion of our own whatever, so maybe that's confusing. I don't have that problem, but uh, that's the thing is if I take my thoughts and I just wrote them out, wrote a transcript of the things in my head, and as Jed is suggesting, it would be fairly dark. Bacon-centric. Dark and, and bacon-related and, and and shallow and 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 you know lots of thoughts about i would ju- there would be a, a loop going for a while that would just keep on saying i keep telling people not to make dinosaurs in test tubes <laughs> it just never works out you know why when will the people ever learn well it's it's that one and your other rant of stop taking things from liam neeson Exactly. And I keep, certainly don't take Liam Neeson's dinosaur baby from him. I know. That would be terrible. T- people keep taking stuff. Copyright say that. 2015. Dude, if Jurassic they, Taken. If they did Jurassic <laughs> Taken, I would be their opening day. Yeah, just take all my money. <laughs> so when these shallow thoughts uh, uh, are running through my head, I know that's me. Uh, when there's a thought that says, be forgiving, be loving, be patient, <laughs> I know where that voice is coming from. Uh, but I'm, I'm sort of weighing it on the scale, so to speak. Yeah. I, I, my, my thoughts are shallow and light and meaningless. These thoughts have a gravity and a weight to them and a substance to them. So I know they come from the Lord. So there, there's a, 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 that discernment gets easy, really, when, you, when you're honest with yourself. And when you lay that out and, and, and really take that in, here's the other thing about listening that I would squeeze in there is that we have, I think, a, a perception that God is only sometimes talking to us sure. and only sometimes has something to say. I actually don't think that's true. I actually think the Lord has something to say to us at all times and mm-hmm. that he's always speaking to us. I think sometimes we pick up on that on a subconscious level. We just have a sense of things that... Our, our conscience will be tweaked in such a way 
and we realized later that was the Lord giving me a, a nudge, or maybe he was giving me a lot more than a nudge, but a nudge is all that came through, sure, all that sure. soup of my thoughts and stuff, uh, kind of like what Jed was describing. Um, but I think the Lord's always trying to communicate with us. And so as Lee is su- suggesting that, sometimes it's through Scripture, sometimes that's through uh, wise counsel, a, a, a godly uh, a, a pastor that's giving us a good word or a wise counselor. Uh, uh, but uh, listen, you know, being able to stop and slow down, as Jez saying, tune everything out and listen to the Lord, uh, and getting stuff specific from Him, I think, is essential. And it's 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 not about okay, I want to start. Um, uh, I, I want to let Him start having a conversation with me. It's about recognizing He's speaking, and on some level, you do hear that. Sure. Uh, it's just being more conscious of it, really. Absolutely. I think it's absolutely right. I think one of the things, there's a couple things we need to look at here as far as listening, and especially in the context of this person's question about, you know, I'm trying to make some big decisions about grad school. Um, one of which is, there is what God wants for you. There is calling. There is that kind of stuff that's specific. But if you choose something that's not that, God shall not curse you. <laughs> <laughs> for this ver- this religion is Christianity and not hoodoo. Yes. So this idea of, you know, if I went gra- if I'm looking at, you know, state college as opposed to college state, then if I pick the wrong one, uh, my potential spouse is going to the other one. I all is lost. The Ruined. all is, the all is lost moment. <laughs> the thing about that is, a there's a you can always transfer. Yep. There's always stuff like that. And B, I think it comes to what Glenn was saying there. There's not that there was one time God said, by the way, pick this college or you're doomed. Yeah. <laughs> and then you missed it, and now it's gone. Right, right, right. You're right. in a constant conversation. And one of the things we're looking for is, this may not be the best way to put it, but it's the best way to think of it. That's funny, Matt, because, and not, sorry to cut you off, but I think we naturally have such a petty view of God. Yeah, we do. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> but I think what we're looking for, it kind of combines what Glenn and Jed were talking about with what Lee's talking about with this, take it to the scripture, take it to your prayer life, and take it to people around you. Hopefully, what you're looking for that is some kind of resonance. Yeah. Not everybody's saying yeah. the same thing, but you say, well, your mentor says, well, it seems to me that you kind of do better in a smaller environment with this, that, and the other. And you're praying through this. Yeah, and you know, you're looking at some scripture about Jesus and 12 guys. You say, okay, well, maybe I'll choose a smaller thing. It's not It's not going to come like a lightning bolt very often, like we're saying, but you can. there is always input coming in, and we're, so we're getting better at sussing that out. And one of the things about listening is, you get better at it the more you do it. Yeah, yep. right. Which That's sounds right. terrifying if maybe which grad school is the first time you've really thought about trying to listen to the Lord. Mm-hmm. But that's okay because there's no such thing as the irreparable Absolutely. bad decision, especially right. if we're in a thing of like choosing between grad schools. There's probably not one of those routes that lead. Oh no, I chose Dartmouth. I now live in the sewer. Yeah. Right. Probably right. not. Yeah. So you're going to take a little bit of pressure off yourself. And as things get back to Lou was saying just a second ago about our vision of God, of there's constant information coming in. And if you get it wrong, the, the, the point is to course correct from where we are today and not try to go all the way back to the thing. Well, and, and just as a closing point, I, I don't care what you say, them dinosaurs is getting out. Yes. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> you you think well we've made them we put them in a thing it's going to be fine yeah it's not super not they're going to get out absolutely that's what I keep telling people someone's going to take them no one's listening to me you know you know what they should have done they they should have gotten that Groot you got the wrong dude yeah 
Yeah, you yeah, got the wrong guy point. from that other movie. Yeah, exactly right. Everything need, needs more Groot. That's what I say. All right, moving on to our final question here. Coming anonymous with our comment box, and it kind of sums up a little bit what we're talking about here. It says, "How do we know whether or not a decision is God's leading, or if it is just what we want?" This goes a little bit of what uh, Clint was saying in the previous question. For example, decisions to leave one job for another, maybe that's a better location or higher pay or career advancement. What you buy, I want a big house for me. And maybe also so I can use it to serve people, maybe at some point down the line, or a decision to move. God is calling me is God calling me elsewhere, or do I just hate this stupid town? <laughs> it's the title of a pretty good folk rock album, Absolutely. if you think about it. All right, and that's the question. So Jed wants to start us off. It's an awesome question, man. I'm really glad that you asked. I think there are um, two words that that we want to be clear on because they mean different things. They're related. So there's direction and there's wisdom. And those actually aren't the same thing. Let me break down what I mean. Direction is what specifically should I do? What specific action should I take? What specific direction should I go? And we do want to ask God for direction and he wants to give us direction. But there's also wisdom, which is why should I do that? Why should I go that direction? Why should I take that job? Why should I move to that town? What am I supposed to do when I get there? What's the bigger picture? What's the context? And we actually need way more wisdom than we think. Yes. I think for a lot you, of... You, you aren't getting it done until you get the why part. No doubt yeah. about it. Most Christians ask God for direction and very rarely for wisdom. Yeah. The funny thing about it... Now, to be clear, you should ask God for both. Yeah. You, you need yeah. both. You want both. If you only asked God for wisdom... I think you'd wind up guessing what the direction was off of it. If yeah. you, but if you only ask God for direction, which again is what most Christians are doing, it's so hard to have any peace about it if you don't have a sense of why. Mm. And the reason for that is God, at least in my experience, is very regularly going to ask you to do things that without wisdom make no sense at all. Right. With, without a, a broader sense of context, just do they just don't they don't seem um, to to track. Okay, let's let's talk about you for a second. So you say. Um, you know, leaving one job for another, what you buy. Okay. You know, um, should I buy a big house? I have the money to do it, but maybe I just want that for me or as you write in your question, or maybe I can just say that it is to serve the church when people need a place to stay. Well, if you asked God, you know, you say, God, should I buy a big house or not? It's a yes or no question. Well, I think God's prepared to give you a yes or no answer on it. But the thing is, is it's going to be so, so hard to know, to have peace about it. And is that really what God's saying or is that just me? But if you get wisdom, what the Lord might say to you is, yes, buy a big house, but it needs to be able to serve the following half dozen purposes. It needs to be able to host Bible studies and youth group events. It needs to be right. um, accessible um, for for um, uh, wheelchairs and, and you know, kind of... Um, uh, handicapable stuff. Um, it needs to not be ostentatious where people who don't have a lot of money aren't going to feel freaked out about it. Um, but it also needs to be welcoming at the same time where it feels like a nice place where people want to spend their time and they want to be and it makes sense. Well, all of a sudden, um, A, it's a lot easier to be confident that, yeah, God's asking me to to buy a big house because I have a sense of what those purposes would be. But I also have a much better idea of the kind of big house that I'm right. looking to buy. If I go buy a, a house that is really flashy um, and isn't wheelchair accessible and whatnot, um, that's not at all what God's asking me to do. 
I might wind up actually buying a house that's physically bigger than that one, but it's far more welcoming and it's far more easy to hang out with. It would be precisely what God is looking for me to do. But without that wisdom piece, man, it would be so hard to, to figure that out. It would be so hard to, to do that. The good news is this listening stuff, the wisdom is actually pretty easy to, to get. That's that's the easier part to listen for. It's, it's right. just that, that nobody does that. When you go to the Lord and you say, Lord, Give me a sense of the why. That's the thing I'm really seeking you on, is, is the why. You can repeat that process a hundred times and always get more detail and more depth, more yeah, insight yeah, yeah. on that. And that's where that peace is going to come from, and that's where it's going to be a lot easier to hear that direction as well. That's absolutely right. What do you have for us on this, Lee? Well, uh, along the same lines, I think one of the things that holds us back from... You know, on a question like this, and it's a good question. I'm, I'm, I'm thankful that we're thankful that you wrote it in. One of the things that holds us back on this question is that we have a sense um, that anything that we want is automatically uh, the thing that God doesn't want us to have. Because I think that our natural, our natural stance, um, and for and it's, you know. And this is this is true, I think, for new believers and for folks who have grown up in the church. Our natural kind of stance is to assume that we're in trouble. Yep. Mm. And so, if I want something, then it's probably bad. Um, and if I want something, then probably the godly thing would be to go after the opposite thing. And um, but the question is, why can't it be both? Like and like Jed's mm-hmm. saying, if you want a big house, what if that desire was put there in your heart by the Lord because he has a specific plan uh, of a way that he wants to use that house exactly like Jed's lying out? In, in the book of Acts, it actually says that the place where the disciples started meeting after Jesus was resurrected from the dead, the first group of Christians, they met in a house that had a great room in it in the city of Jerusalem that could hold 120 people. That's a big old house, That's man. a big house, man. Mm. I don't remember the last time I was in a house where the great room could like could just physically hold 120 people, you know, easily. And and so you know, but the Lord used that house and, yeah. and uh it, it was that was part of his plan. I think that where we get hung up is assuming that what God is going to do is he's going to come in uh, where your wherever your desires are and he's just going to squash them yeah. because desires bad. But that's th- that viewpoint is not Christianity. That's actually Buddhism. Yeah. That's the that's the way Buddhism sees the world is that is that all suffering is caused by desire. So if you were to eradicate desire then you would eradicate suffering, which is not true. Actually, desire is a very good thing. And and the Lord has put certain desires in your heart for a reason. What if there's nothing wrong with you wanting a big SUV, especially because the Lord wants you to pick up certain people on your way to church who don't have a ride? Yep. Um, what if what if there's, you know, I, I mean, I, I don't know. I, th- I think that we get hung up on a couple of things on this. We, we think that God doesn't want us to have our desires. And I think we want something else too. I think that we think that, um, that we're supposed to get to the place as Christians where we have untainted motives in yeah. all of the things that we want. What I would, what I would ask you to do is to go ahead and give yourself permission to, to admit that the ship has sailed on pure motives. Yeah, right. Nobody has perfectly pure motives. Thank you. In, the, in in any of these things. Right. But the Lord is working with that. Yeah. Right. Okay. So the the Lord is working with a bunch of junky people who have tainted uh, motives, and just to go ahead and go to the Lord and say, "Look, I'm I'm going to be perfectly honest with you, Lord. Um, I want." 
this super expensive thing. And I want it for a couple of reasons. One, I think it is awesome. Two, I think that I could actually do some stuff with it in this one ministry that, that I'm already a part of that it could actually kind of streamline a couple of the things I'm doing in this ministry. So um, what do you think about that? And the Lord might say, you know what? I totally agree with that. I think it will streamline some stuff. And I think it's cool that you think it's awesome. So let's go for it. I mean, this is the kind of thing, what if even, and, and it's like, yeah, I might have some, some funky motives in the middle of that thing, but what if the Lord is totally cool with that? I think that that's a weird thing that we can't, we don't really allow ourselves to get our minds around the idea that God actually wants you to have desires. He wants you to have fun. He wants you to have some stuff just for you. And he's totally, he's totally willing to use you even if you have some funky motives. No doubt, dude. Absolutely. And to close down this, I'd like to get you to focus specifically on a little bit of um, exactly what this looks like. I know it's a difficult thing to explain, but we've heard both uh, Jed and Lee talk about that idea of you ask the Lord for wisdom and you might get this and you might get that with the motives. But um, I'm trying to break this down to its constituent parts for someone who maybe has never done this before. What does it look like for you when you say, Lord, I got this idea or this problem or whatever. What do you want me to do? And then you have ideas, because to be clear, we're not actually talking about Charleston Heston or whoever's vo- Morgan sure. Freeman's voice saying a bigger house with wheelchair access. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, but, you right, know, right, you have right. an idea, you bounce it off the Lord. What does that bouncing off process look like for you? Well, I think for me, uh, 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 part of it is uh, a, a sense of, uh, Joe was talking about getting the, the wisdom part of that, uh, you know, the idea of, what I'm supposed to be doing with this uh, idea, once I start hearing anything on that, the specifics start to, as, as Joe was kind of sort of suggesting, start to be suggested by that. So, for example, let's say I go to the Lord and I say, I think having a big fancy, like we were just talking about, big fancy SUV, pick up a lot of people for church. How about that? Be pretty mm-hmm. amazing. Pretty amazing. You'd see it's not wintertime. That church would like that, right? Yeah. Um, but uh, I might I might uh, send that around, and the Lord might give me one of those, really, big SUV, huh? Because of the people. <laughs> I see. Well, you, there's a little bit of a tone there of like, well, you know, you, you know. I, that's when you say, Lord, you know, I got I to gotta take a shot. You know? Absolutely. He says, yes, <laughs> of course you have to take a shot. But see, here's what's going to happen with that refining process is the Lord might come back to me then and say, imagine that you bought up a vintage, really cool SUV that's kind of broken down. Right. What would happen then? Well, then in your mind, you start doing the math. You say, well, that would be fixing it up, which might be working with some of the younger guys in the, in the, in the, uh, a church who like fixing up cars and sitting around and some fellowship time. And, you know, uh, uh, and we all fixed it up. Uh, uh maybe that's, uh, kind of uh, fixing it up to be like an off road thing. We all go, driving in the country and go you know tearing around in the mud and stuff like that and uh that would be sort of a fellowship time and sort of an outreach time for the guys and stuff you start to 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 uh see how that stuff comes together you start you know, your imagination gets going the lord kind of dials that in 
But part of this is, I think this person uh, it wants to know what to be wary of, mm. what to be concerned about. How, okay. how, how do I know when I should be naturally suspicious? And, and as Lee is pointing out here, you're suspicious that your motives might be selfish. And that's the wrong suspicion to have because everybody's a little selfish in yeah. almost every little thing. That's, <laughs> yeah. I don't think it's right to judge yourself in that. You just assume you're going to have a, a selfish motive. And as Lee is also suggesting, sometimes your selfish motive happens to actually lead you in the right direction sort of accidentally. So that, you know, it doesn't, doesn't matter on that. I want us to be if we want to if we want if we need something to be suspicious of I think the no sacrifice option mm. is a little suspicious you know I'm 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 not going to give up anything that I really want to do here I'm not going to I'm going to I'm going to do everything that everyone expects that I should have to do without any sort of thing that's that's where things get a that's where I would put my concern is I'm going to expect that there would be a little bit of a challenge not that as Leah's suggesting not that it would be you don't get to have this thing you like it uh, because liking it is bad but this idea that there would be no testing uh, stretching facing a challenge element in that usually there's a bit of something uh, like that in mm-hmm. just about anything the lord's calling us to if if it didn't involve any of that i might be suspicious doesn't mean that would be wrong but if you if you want something to be suspicious about it would be that final quick point is this think of it like this when the the thing about having a, a quote unquote selfish motive uh, on this is that your the thing you would do to satisfy yourself doesn't matter because the things God is calling you to satisfy more than what you would try to do to satisfy yourself. Absolutely. See what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. So, for example, uh, I'll I'll use Jed as an example because he's near and he can't stop me. But there was a time when I take that. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I definitely. <laughs> probably the right call. There's a time in Jed's life where he wanted to be a, a, a rock musician. Absolutely, and uh, that was his uh, personal self- selfish ambition. He didn't want to be a musician to rock the world and give them purpose and 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 you know have deeper thoughts. Nope. Uh, he he. I I I won't I won't force Jed to admit it, but it might be because of chicks. Hmm. It, it, I wasn't disinterested. The 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 babes element of this thing, you know, the the the. It could be a tool for social networking, Glenn. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. The, the, it, so, is this a selfish motive? I suppose, but that's the idea. Is I want to be a musician, and 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 all the musicians uh, get uh, the babes, and 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 that's that's what I want. Okay. If Jed had pursued that, here's what Jed would have found is a super shallow and meaningless life. Yep. If he'd gotten what he asked for. Now, here's what the Lord said. The Lord said, give up all of that and play for a room full of inmates and ex-cons and and addicts. And Jed said, well, there's no babes, so that's no good. This is 0% of what I want. makes no sense. It involves sacrifice. 
Jed sets out to do that, and here's the thing: a babe actually appeared. Yes, one one materialized from the ether, <laughs> and Jed married her, and, is, and has been fully satisfied with his love life in a way no rock star ever has dreamt of. That's definitely true. Take fast forward that to today, and just tell a story from today. Jed and myself and uh, brother Woody, our our legal intern Woody, uh, we're at Cook County Jail, Division One. We do a service, and Jed leads them in uh, the the singing time there. Jed does some preaching. I do a little preaching. We're wrapping up. We're getting getting them out the door, back to the deck, and the the administration notifies us that they can't move them just yet. They have other things going on, and it's kind of dangerous. So they don't. They wanted them to stay put for a few minutes. So the the inmates assembled themselves in front of us and said, "We now." We'll sing to you. Yeah. You've sung for us. Now we sing for you. Yeah. And they just sang to me and Jed. Yeah. Really. Now, uh, our life is pretty dang awesome. It's true. If you set out to please yourself. You would not come up with that. You would never get to a place that's that good. You know. But by making that sacrifice, by 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 saying, God, I'll follow you, God takes us to a place of so much love, so much fulfillment, so much purpose, so All much right. impact. It's beyond our wildest dreams. So forget about the selfish element of that. That's absolutely right. I'd like to close this out. I'd like to, Jed, go with you for one last question. I want to press us on this, the mechanics of this. Because there's a it. lot of mystery involved in listening to the Lord, but not every bit of it is mysterious. So let's take Glenn's example there of saying, you know, I'm thinking about buying the new SUV, yep. and I hear back from the Lord, what about a vintage SUV? Yep. So we're talking about maybe people hear audible voices, never happened to any of us. Sure. So it's not an audible voice that says, think 74 Bronco. Yeah, yeah. So what does it mean to actually hear that from the Lord? What does that actually Okay, is that a thought? Is that I see a thing? What does it actually look like? It's a great question. It's a great question. Here, here's, here's how it works, at least in my life, and I, I think it's true for the rest of these guys. At any given moment, you have a soup of thoughts in your brain, all pointed in a thousand different directions. So, and we're not talking about any audible voices here. We're just talking about thoughts that exist in your brain. What we would suggest is some of those thoughts are you, right. just neurons firing, the bacon-related ones. The bacon-related thoughts. Some of those thoughts are uh, being put there probably by the enemy to tempt mm-hmm. you to think right. weird things or go in weird directions. And some of those thoughts are probably coming from the still, small voice of the Holy Spirit who lives inside of you. So when we talk about hearing from the Lord, the question, your question is, what's the mechanical process look like? That's what I'm about to describe. What's the mechanical process of discerning which of these thoughts in the soup of my brain are coming from Jesus And which thoughts are definitely not from Jesus? That's the thing that we're trying to do. Okay, so step one is we want to be clear what's the thing that we're looking at. We got a new vehicle. We need to to get some kind of new vehicle for the family. What are we going to do with that? So we've got a scope, a a question that we're trying to get some perspective and wisdom on. That's, That's thing one. The next thing, which we described earlier in this episode, and this is really important. Do not skip this step is you getting all of your feelings about this question completely, completely, completely out of the way. Yes. And that's it's fine in terms of mechanical process if you want to write them down like in a journal, if you want to type them out in a word processor, if you want to physically sit there and audibly say them out loud to God, that's fine. If you want to go for a run and just think them through, God, you know, God, I am concerned about this. God, I would like to see this happen. You want, you know, however, as long as they have been expressed in some way, what I'm afraid of, 
what I'm hopeful about, what I'm optimistic about, what I'm pessimistic about. This is everything I think and feel about this question. We want to get all of that out of the way. Here's what we're likely to find in that moment. Again, mechanical process. You have overall less thoughts in your brain at that moment. Okay? Probably we have, for the moment, we have quieted at least a bit the thoughts that are you. And one might guess, if we've talked a lot about things we're afraid of, we've probably quieted at least some of what the devil is trying to, to tempt you with. Well, so then we want to ask the Lord, Lord, we, my family needs a new vehicle. Um, I've expressed to you my feelings on this. Lord Jesus, what kind of vehicle should we be looking for and why? And now I will be still and quiet before you in a moment of prayer. Okay, so now this is the really critical part. This is the mechanical part that matters and it's really super simple. See what comes to mind. Mm-hmm. In that stillness, see what ideas come into your brain. Now, I know you're thinking, but yeah, it's just thoughts in my head. Hold on a second. Don't don't jump ahead of me. Stay with me. Just see what thoughts come into your brain and right. jot them down. I'd really, mm-hmm. really encourage you to, to jot them down. You're going to find, again, they're going to come into three categories. One is stuff that's clearly you. Just, you know, well, I, yeah. you know, I wanted a brand new Land Rover when I started this process. I still want a brand new Land Rover, right. so let's get a bla- brand new Land Rover. Right. Um, there will be other thoughts that are definitely either your flesh or the devil or something hinky of, well, you know, if you sold Timmy's guitar, maybe that would give you enough money to get a Ferrari. Well, that's right. that's that's not coming from the Lord. But then there's going to or Jed, if you weren't such a jerk, maybe you would already have the Land Rover. Exactly right. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Maybe if somebody worked a little bit harder, you'd have mm-hmm. a Land Rover. Yeah, well, that's that's, that's yeah, the devil comes disguised as an angel of light. So often it's sort of a religiousness kind of neg- a negative religiousness that's the devil's message there. Exactly right. The thing that we're looking for in that moment is a thought that that isn't you, and a thought that has behind it a sense of unfolding explanation. So you have the thought, I, st- I wanted a Land Rover before, I still want a new Land Rover, so that's what I want. You have the thought, maybe if you didn't suck so bad, you have a Land Rover. But there may be, yes, Lord, and again, we're just talking about an idea that comes into your brain in this moment of stillness before the Lord. An idea is, you know, I do like fixing up cars. I do kind of need hobby i've been i've been actually working too much if anything and i need mm-hmm. something to kind of kick back and let off steam i wonder if we got it maybe if we got like a vintage car that'd be good and i could fix it up and it would do a lot of what we need and i'd have fun but you know there's other guys from church they need something to do too and i could show them how to fix up the car and that would be good well that's something to really pay attention to so here's what we're gonna do we're, we're gonna write that down and we're gonna say okay and we're gonna walk away from this prayer time we haven't decided anything yet all right Take a deep breath. Don't give up on me. There's one more step. It's really critically important, particularly if you're new to listening to the Lord. <gasps> okay, here's what we're going to do. Do the whole process again. Right. Do the whole shebang. Tell God everything. Here's everything I'm concerned about, everything I'm hopeful about. Here's, I want a brand new Land Rover. I should have one and besides and so forth. Get it all out on the table. Okay, now, Lord, family needs a new car. We're still in quiet before you. What do you want us to do and why? And, and because you're saying, I want to know what you want. Here's exactly. what I want. I'm exactly setting right. that aside. I want to know what you want. Exactly right. I'm saying all that aside. So when you need a new car, what's it going to be? Here's what I guess you're going to find on round two is one of the ideas from round one is going to come back into your head with more detail behind. More things are going to occur to you in that moment. Again, mm-hmm. it's just thoughts in your brain. 
We're not, we're not talking about, you hear, behold, and the 74 Bronco shall ascend. That's not what we're talking about. It's just, <laughs> it's just thoughts in your brain. But there's going to be more detail behind it. There's going to be more mm. perspective behind it. You say, you know, Johnson, I know that dude. He doesn't ever want to come to church because he hates it. But you know what? I know he likes working on cars, and I bet he'd love to come over. And he's the kind of guy, if we worked on it, I bet I could do something to encourage him. I bet I could give him some good wisdom. We'll write that down. Well, now, then... You go into your, um, you, you go and talk with, you know, that counselor that you trust and say, here's what I'm thinking. What do you think about that? What I think you'll find is that so, so that's an amazing idea. But have you thought about these other three components of right. that? Because then the youth group, they could come over. We got these trouble kids and they don't have a dad right, and they don't right. have anybody to show them how to work on a car. And I could right. bring them over and you could show them how to work on a car and be amazing. And it would help me out and be Jobs fantastic. Jobs they could get a job at the garage changing oil. and Exactly right. You, you solved a ton of problems. Well, at this point. By now, it feels like, well, we'd be foolish not to buy the, you know, an right. old SUV and, and, and hook it up. That, that makes perfect sense. But again, and, and Matt, you tell me if I'm covering enough of that mechanical process for you. It's about being still before the Lord once we get ourselves out of the way. And we do that by expressing it, by saying, communicating all of it to the Lord, and then seeing what comes to mind and holding those things up against what's clearly me, what's definitely the enemy, and then what has an unfolding sense of wisdom behind it, the more that you do this, the more you'll be able to quickly pick out that thought yeah. and, and chase it yes. down. That's, and and uh, I, uh, that's a really strong point that you ended on there, This the idea that this becomes a lot easier the more that sure. you do it, and that God is not resentful of you asking multiple times, no, not do all. I have this right? Is it, he is not resentful of, Lord, I want to put out a fleece. I, yeah. I just give me a nudge, give me a sign, something to let me know. You know, and you'll get in your car and you'll drive, and you'll be sitting at the end of your driveway, and the the world's oldest SUV will go rattling in front of you, and you say, "Well, okay, okay you know, there you go." That's you know, God will work with you on that. He's Absolutely. happy to do that. Absolutely right. Well, I think you got a lot of great stuff on uh, this idea of calling and listening to the Lord in that, and uh, pursuing Him in specific decisions, which is a big part of finding out your calling is going through this process a lot with the stuff that comes before you. So, if you have a question for us, say that podcast at gmail dot com, the Bridge Chicago. .tumblr.com. Remember, missionusa.com slash bridgewash. We're going to take you out with Lee's song, Start Somewhere, about kind of getting started on stuff, which again, a very important thing is we start down this idea of listening to the Lord and finding out, calling all that stuff. You're going to get better at it as you go. You can't be afraid to get started. Let's take out that. Thanks for listening. Just remember, we love you. God loves you. There's nothing you can do about it. To say that podcast, you are the bacon in our bacon jam cheeseburger. Nice. It's nice.
Story to hear that needs to be told Start somewhere 